bunch of other things while he's there. So he's doing a lot of ministry. He's bringing the seeds of revival to Norway. It's going to be awesome. He's going to come back all fired up and full of Rudifisk. Probably not. <laughs> um, so let's pray for, pray for Paul and Karen. Uh, I'm going to start, and then if you want to pray, just jump out. Father, we thank you for Paul and Karen. We thank you for this lovely home, which they allow us to crash and partially destroy. We thank you for their heart, their generosity, and their willingness to follow you in whatever it is that you're calling them to do. And we pray that right now, as they are in Norway, that you would be filling them up immeasurably with your grace and with your spirit, Lord. Somebody else. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand, and this guy is going to bring one to you or pass one back. Anybody need a Bible? There's no shame in it. We know you own several, but if you don't happen to have one with you, you should get one. Um, and then when you get it, open it up to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at verses, uh-oh. Yours literally has holes in it. It is. First um, Peter 2, we're going to look at verses 4 through 7. First Peter 2, 4 through 7. Um, well, let me read it. As you come to him, that's Jesus, a living stone, rejected by man, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying a stone in Zion, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Okay. 
So a bunch of quotes there from the Old Testament that Peter is giving to his audience, who presumably understood those things. Um, now there's like 12 sermons in here, and we're only going to do one. Um, who knows what a cornerstone is? Yes. What is it? Really good. So in a Roman building, they would have a capstone in the middle of an arch to hold it together. Um, and in a Hebrew building, they build from the bottom up. And the cornerstone is a big, heavy stone typically the first stone that you lay, usually part of the foundation, but it's big, it's heavy, and it bears most of the building's weight. Okay? That's what a cornerstone is. And Jesus is our cornerstone. Right? He's the foundation of our life. He's upon which everything else is placed in our life. Our life, our faith, our hope, everything is placed in Jesus. He's our cornerstone. And the cornerstone bears most of the weight of the building. Now, in terms of physics or engineering, for those of you who are geared in that direction, um, the word could be stress. The cornerstone holds most of the building's stress. Now, stress is an engineering term. It means, we're going to town, a load, force, or system of forces producing a strain or causing deformation. That's what stress means. Now, we have, we have started to use the word stress in everyday language to mean other things as well, right? Stress is... The stuff of life, a load, force, or system of forces producing a strain or causing deformation. That's exactly what stress does, doesn't it? There's not a person in here who's never experienced stress or who's never been in a stressful situation. I'm guessing most of us in here are probably in a couple stressful situations right now. That's the way life is. It's full of stressful situations. And stress produces a strain within us or causes a deformation, a change, a, a deflating in our heart. Now... Today, most medical doctors agree that stress is uh, one of the leading causes of most illnesses. Stress isn't just bad for you emotionally. Obviously, no one likes to be stressed, right? No one's happy being stressed. That's ridiculous. Um, it's also bad for you spiritually. It can sidetrack or, or even derail your relationship with God, right? Because it shifts your focus completely from God to yourself, right? Stress can be bad. But stress is also bad physically. And those of us who read the Bible have known that for thousands of years because the Bible talks about how a broken heart can ruin your life and give you sickness and illness physically. That's all throughout the scriptures. But doctors now agree that stress is one of the leading causes of some of the major illnesses in the world. And the, one of the reasons that happens is because when we are stressed out, when, when our brain perceives that, there is, that we have stress, it releases these chemicals and hormones and stuff in our body to try to counteract the stress. But when there's too much of that going through our system day by day by day, it literally destroys us from the inside out. It's terrible. It literally destroys your body. Stress does. And doctors now agree that stress is one of the, if not the leading cause, of heart disease, which is the number one killer in America. Stress is one of the leading, if not the leading cause, of cancer, which is the number two killer in America. Stroke, number four killer. Alzheimer's, number six. Diabetes, number seven. Suicide, number ten. Not only that... It's one of the leading factors in obesity, headaches, chronic muscle aches, asthma, depression, gastrointestinal problems, accelerated aging, insomnia, mental disorders, hypertension, offer for in Utah. Um, <sighs> that was a lot. So stress is bad, okay? Stress is bad. 
It kills you. Stress and experiencing stress and anxiety and worry and fear in your life is one of the main things that the devil uses to try to ruin your life and literally cause your death. Stress is big time. And Jesus is our cornerstone. The cornerstone bears the stress of the building. Jesus intends to carry that stress for you. In fact, you don't have to experience it at all. You don't believe me yet, but that's okay. We'll get there. He wants to bear our stress and in its place give us peace. Peace. I'm not talking about the absence of war here. I'm talking about that inner, that inner peace. Have you seen a Kung Fu Panda 2? Where he's trying to get inner peace. It's nothing like that. Nothing like that at all, but I do love that movie. <laughs> I do love that movie. But that inner peace, that inner sense of calm, that tranquility, okay, that's what Jesus offers to us in exchange for the stress. He's willing to carry the stress and to give us peace. Now, the world doesn't have any peace, right? You look out into the world and all you see is stress. All you see is worry. All you see is fear. Watch the news like one time and then never watch it again because it's terrible. But watch it one time and it'll prove to you that this world runs on fear. It runs on fear. It runs on stress and worry and anxiety. What's going to kill me this week that I always eat for breakfast? You know, like that's how they work. That's how the devil works. And he uses fear and worry and stress and anxiety to keep people in bondage. But Jesus came to set us. That was a Paul Anderson. Did you like that? <laughs> you say the last word of what you know what I'm going to say. Just kidding. We love you, Paul. So peace is a gift. Peace is like our get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to stress, worry, anxiety, fear, any of that. He is our cornerstone, and we don't have to experience those things in this life, period. Literally, a Christian never has to experience stress. You never have to experience worry. You never have to experience anxiety. And you never have to experience fear or negativity of any kind. The only kind of fear you might experience is like you find a snake. That's, that's, a diff that's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. Okay, that's like, that's important. Question. Okay. Absolutely. Right now, we are considering planning a trip to Disney World for our kids. That is a stressful thing, especially when you see the dollar signs at the end of the pages. It's ridiculous, okay? Really fun, really awesome. It's a very stressful situation trying to plan a trip to Disney World, okay? So, yes, good things can cause that kind of stress to you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, a Christian never has to experience the stress itself from those situations whether it's a good stressor or a bad stressor. We don't have to actually experience the stress. Turn to John 14. Gospel of John chapter 14. There's a few verses I want to read. Um, we're going to land, though, on this one, John 14. I've got an old school Bible with pages, so just a second. Everybody else just held up their mic, and it heard me say John 14, and it was already there. All right. 
Uh, before we get John 14, let me read John 16:33, where Jesus says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. Matthew 11, 28 through 29, this one's pretty familiar to you. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. And there are many, many, many other passages we could read. Jesus gives us his peace. He has given us the gift of peace, rest. So if we are not experiencing that peace or rest in any given situation of our lives, it's evident of unbelief. Because the Bible says that we can have peace. The Bible said Jesus has given us peace. It's already ours. We can have it. But we have to walk into that peace by faith. And if instead we do not... That's unbelief. Now, none of us want unbelief, right? None of us want to not believe the Bible. We want to believe this is true. We want to live like it. And Jesus says you can have peace. And so let's look at how we do that. So Jesus promises us we can have it. That means it's ours, right? As children of God, we can always know peace at all times. In fact, it's God's will for us to be at peace at all times. Even in the most stressful situations, he doesn't want us to experience all this other stuff. Now, you hear people say things like, my job is really stressing me out. Or the situation that happened today is really stressing me out. But for a Christian, those statements should never be true. Because even in the midst of a stressful situation, we don't have to be stressed. Why not? Because of John 14, 27. My peace I give you, and then look what it says in the second half of the verse. Let not your hearts be troubled. Look at the word let. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let means allow. Jesus is saying, are your hearts troubled? Don't let them be. Period. Don't let them. That's what stress does. It troubles our heart. Now, not everything that troubles our heart is, is stress or something bad that we've let in to our lives, but that is one of the things that stress does. And Jesus is saying right here, let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Don't allow your heart to be afraid. Don't allow yourself to be stressed. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Does that make sense? It's a choice. It's a choice. All stress is external. It exists out here. It can't disrupt your internal peace unless you let it in. Okay? And we have almost all <laughs> in, in our country uh, fostered the bad habit of automatically letting in every stress, every worry, and every anxiety that comes our way. It's a terrible habit. Every time a stressful situation shows up, I had a couple today, it shows up and say, hey, how you doing? Here's a bag of stress. Right? The situation's inherently stressful. We can't change that. But the stressful situation then is like, hey, here you go. Here's some stress. And we're like, fine. And we take it. We take it every time. We're not supposed to take it. We're supposed to say no to that. It's a choice. We don't realize it's a choice because we do it all the time that it's become complete habit and we don't even think about it. We automatically say yes to stress, to worry, to anxiety. Every time it rears its ugly head. And we just take it all. We take it all and then we pray, Jesus help me with this, I'm so stressed out. 
And Jesus is like, I made a way that you wouldn't have to get there in the first place. Now, he'll still help you out because he's awesome, okay? But the will of God for you is to have peace all the time and to not get to the place where you're super stressed out. Everybody with me? I, I, I am going to literally use the word pressure later as a synonym. So that would be stress too. A deadline is, is, is stress, absolutely. Not all stress is bad, as we were saying before. A deadline is absolutely stress. Now, having a deadline is inherently stressful, but you don't have to experience the negative effect of the stress or the pressure on that situation. Now, I'm not saying that you can live in peace and not care about deadlines. That's not what I'm saying either. You know, we got to be like smart. You know, Jesus gave us a brain too. All right. <laughs> Sorry if you talk like that. I don't. But. Okay. I don't know where I am in these notes, so I'm just not going to worry about it. Um, so our, these situations show up with their little bag of stress or their worry or whatever it is. And they say, here you go. This is what you you, you got to take this because I'm a stressful situation. And we say, fine, okay. But we're not supposed to. We're supposed to say no. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil shows up with these stresses, these worries, these anxieties. And we say, oh, we, I can't help. My life is stressful. I have a brand new baby. I have a new job. I hate my current job. My roommate is whatever he is. Um, my roommate, end of sentence, right? Um, and we say, my life is so stressful, it's not my fault. Well, your life might be stressful. It might be full of worrisome things and stressful things and anxious things and fearful things. But it is your choice to accept the stress that comes from the situation. You can say no. You can resist the devil and he will flee from you. And instead of taking that stress, you can practice peace. So you're not just getting rid of a bad habit, you're replacing a bad habit with a good one. Which is way easier, by the way, than like, you know, scientific terms. It's always easier to replace a bad habit with a better one. As opposed to just doing nothing is hard. I'm gonna not do something. No, it's much easier to be like, I'm gonna not do something and do this. Jesus wants us to practice peace instead of um, giving in to the stress. And in our daily lives, don't we all have stressful situations? Little stuff, big stuff, right? We all have this stuff all the time. But we don't have to take the stress or the worry or the anxiety from the situation. On the way here today, I got cut off by this fill-in-the-blank person on the freeway and... It wasn't all that long ago in my life where that would have messed me up for a good 20 minutes because it was bad. Not illegal, but like he should be shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know what I mean. You, you've all driven on the freeway and had people do that to you, right? Now, it wasn't that long ago. Maybe it's still now, apparently, by, by my um, assertion that he should be shot. Um, it wasn't that long ago that that would have messed me up for a long time. Right? And it's not my fault. This jerk cut me off. Right? It's not my fault I'm stressed and anxious now about that. But it is my fault because I said yes to it. Right? Now, today, I didn't say yes. I said no. That guy is not going to stress me out because he doesn't make choices for my life. I do. He can't decide if I'm stressed or not. Right? I decide that. We have free will that was given to us by God, and it is a precious gift. Sometimes we misuse it. But it's still a precious gift. And Jesus gave us his peace, and he expects us to choose to walk it out, to walk it out by faith and say, no, 
I'm not going to choose to be stressed out by that. I'm going to resist the devil. He's going to flee from me, and I'm going to instead live in the peace of Christ. Um, and we're going to talk more about that in a second. Um, the real test of whether or not you're living in peace and whether or not you're good at this, you know, as you go on and practice it, because this is a skill, right? I won't use the word discipline because, you know, my generation and younger, the word discipline sounds grody. But, like, skill. It's a skill. And you practice it and you get better at peace. And pretty soon, you're not automatically accepting all the stress and all the worry and all the anxiety from your stuff. Pretty soon, you're automatically in the presence of God instead because you've made a good habit instead of a bad one. And it's fantastic. Um, but the real test is what you do when things surprise you, when bad things come out of nowhere. Um, today, I'm literally going over a message on practicing peace. And I get a serious assault on my peace. Um, I'm outside enjoying the day going over these notes and praying. And uh, my wife, Sarah, texts me, come inside right now. We need to pray and talk. Great text, right? Great text from your wife. That can't mean anything good. Okay, it doesn't mean I got cake for you. Um, <laughs> it should. It's never cake. Um, <laughs> I love her, but it's never cake. Um, so, so right away, out of nowhere, right? I, I'm pre preparing a sermon on you don't have to say yes to stress, and I get this text, and so I, I have to be like, all right, no, I'm not going to be stressed out about this text. I don't even know what it is. I'm going to relax. Lord, I need your peace. Help me walk in your peace. And so I pass that initial test, right? So I go inside, um, and my wife informs me that somebody who we are really close with um, tried to commit suicide yesterday. And thankfully, God saved them, and they were unsuccessful, whatever you want to call that. They're alive, um, recovering. But that is a threat to your peace. Right? That, is, that, uh, that was a big threat to my peace. And so this situation shows up with stress and a big bag of worry. This situation showed up and wanted me to worry. Be worried about the person, about the family, about the situation. Be worried about everything. You should be worried right now. Um, and so I had to say no. I am not going to be worried about this. I am not going to be stressed about this. Now, my heart is greatly troubled, as the Bible would say, because I love this person and I care for this person. So not every time your heart is troubled is that because you said yes to stress. It's because someone I love is hurting. So, of course, I'm hurt too. But I didn't let my heart be troubled anymore by taking on that worry and taking on that stress because what good is it going to do anyway, right? Um, but I didn't do it because I'm awesome. I did it because I had to be like, oh, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I really need you to jump in and help me on this one. Because the, and I know this is one of those things where some, some situations don't go away just because you say no once. <laughs> right now, I'm being tempted to worry. I'm serious. Because like, ah, so I'm not going to worry. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm going to resist the devil. And he will flee. Eventually, he gets bored. If we keep saying no, and the Holy Spirit shows up instead. He doesn't like that guy. So sometimes it's hard. This world is full of pressures, as you were saying. It's full of pressures all over the place. Some of them are little. Some of them are everyday. Some of them are truly awful, okay? Like a loved one trying to kill themselves. Um, and they press in on us, okay? That's what a pressure does. It presses in on us. 
So a pressure pushes in on us from the outside. Now the Holy Spirit, who is within us, wants to push back on the world. And this is what it means to live in the peace of Christ. Okay? We say, no, we're not going to accept the effects of these pressures and these stresses. We instead are going to live in the peace of Christ that we already have. We're not begging God to please send us peace because Jesus said, you have my peace. My peace I give you. So you got it, right? You just need to choose to walk it out by faith. And you, it basically looks like this. You say, ah, no, I'm not going to be stressed. Lord, you've given me your peace. I want to live in that peace. I want to experience that peace. So Holy Spirit, fill me up and help me walk in this. Help me to walk in what you've already given me. And that's it. It's simple. And the Holy Spirit's not a miser. He's not going to be like, eh, you didn't ask hard enough. You didn't uh, quote enough scripture. You know, like, that's not how the Holy Spirit works, right? And so when the world presses in on us from the, out, from the outside, the Holy Spirit presses back from inside us. To the same measure that the world presses in, the Holy Spirit presses back out, and it creates an equilibrium, okay? a tranquility, a peace within us in the midst of the most horrible situation. And no matter how hard the pressure presses <laughs> in, the Holy Spirit will press back to the same measure. That's what he does. And that's how we stay at peace. That's how Jesus was able to stay at peace through some of the craziest stuff that was going on in his life and ministry, like the cross. Right? Jesus was perfectly at peace, being tortured and murdered by his enemies. He was so at peace that he prayed for the guys who were doing it to him. What? That's not, that's not how the world works, right? Now, only God could do that. Only God could do that. And that same peace he gave to us. Yeah, you remember the feeding of the 5,000? Famous story, you know, kid, loaves and fishes. They say, hey, kid, we're going to steal your lunch. And then Jesus miraculously turns it into, like, food for probably 20,000 people. Typically, they only counted males, um, so heads of households. So tons and tons of people get food, right? Jesus is ministering all day. It's a super long conference. He's preaching, 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 praying, 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 miracles, miracles. So the dude is tired because he's a human as well as God, right? So in his physical body, Jesus was tired. And so they dragged him back to the boat and pushed out onto the Sea of Galilee to get away from the people so that Jesus could get some rest. So Jesus is in the bottom of the boat, and he's sleeping. And a huge storm comes up, massive storm, crazy storm. The disciples think they're going to die, okay? They think the boat's going to capsize. We're all going to die. And so they run down and get Jesus, who is what? Still sleeping, okay? Either he was utterly exhausted, or maybe that was the peace kicking in, right? Um, so they get him up, and they're like, don't you care that we're about to die? Anytime we get disconnected from God, one of the first things we say is, don't you care? We doubt that Jesus cares for us. That was an aside. Okay. And so they wait, Jesus is like, don't you care that we're all going to die? And Jesus is like, ugh. <laughs> what is with your lack of faith? And he goes out there and he says what to the storm? Peace. Be still. Jesus' peace was so strong, so powerful, so all-consuming in his body that he projected that peace on the storm and it quit. Just like that. That same peace he gave to us. I'm going to do part two of this. We're not done yet for today, but I'm going to do part two in like a month um, for a good reason. And one of the things I'm going to talk about then is how there are different levels to peace that we can graduate to. And one of the final levels 
is when we can bring our peace to other people. How awesome would it be to walk into a room full of scared people, people who are freaking out, people who lost a loved one, whatever it is, how wonderful would it be to walk into that room and just bring peace to everybody who's there? Not by giving them a great teaching, or whatever it is, but just by being there, letting the Holy Spirit and that peace that's in you overflow to everybody else who's there. I've experienced that before from people. And I'm just like, that was the craziest thing. This lady walked in the room and everybody was happy <laughs> all of a sudden. It was weird. She didn't speak. Um, it's amazing. So that's, that's what I'm working towards. I'm not there yet, but that's what I'm working towards. Okay, so life's pressures push in on us all the time, and we need to allow the spirit who is within us. We need to humble ourselves. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to be that equalizing pressure. I need you to help me walk out this peace, and he will do it. I brought an illustration. Beach ball. Everybody loves beach balls, right? Who doesn't love a beach ball? I would pass it to you, but I'm going to use it. So, excuse me, belch. That's not going to damage my comp. No way. So, I think we're like a beach ball. I could probably talk for an hour on how we're like a beach ball, actually. But let's say that this beach ball is you, okay? This is how a beach ball is supposed to be, right? Full with air, bouncy, happy, you want it as soon as it comes out. Give me some beach ball. You know, a lot of you are like, is he going to bounce it around at the end? Or, okay? Beach balls are great. This is us. We're a beach ball. Okay? Nice. I am going to bounce these around. So, nice and filled up with air. Right? Equilibrium. There's enough pressure on the inside, a little bit more than the outside, so it stays filled up. Right? A um, little bit more pressure, which is why there needs to be a plug or else it'll start coming out. So this is us. And now, a stress comes. A stressful situation comes our way. Let's say we get into a car accident. Okay? Get into a car accident, our insurance, not so good. So what happens? That pressure pushes in on us. And if we let that stress come in, this is what happens. Okay? And then we hate our job even more because something terrible happened and that one person who was never supposed to come back came back and we hate him so much and ah, we hate our job. Okay? And that new job that we applied for, they said no. And that person who we really, really like, like, we finally got up the strength to talk to them and they said, I just want to be friends. That is the worst! It's the worst! Okay, now this is you. What is that? That's not a beach ball. This is a debilitated, deflated, defeated mess. Right? Now, how many of you have ever felt this way? Everybody has felt this way. Some of you maybe feel this way right now, this minute. Okay? This is what happens when we let in the worries, the anxieties, the stress, the fear, the negativity that these situations bring us. And so what are we to do? We are deflated. It's too late to say no. <laughs> we already said yes, and look what happened. Okay? So what do we do? Fortunately, Jesus loves us even when we screw up, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants to fill us back up. But we need to let go of all that stuff and to say, Lord, I need you to fill me back up. Holy Spirit, come, breathe into me again. And he will. By the way, did you know that the word breath 
actually in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, is ruach. The word breath is ruach, which is also the word for spirit. The word for the Holy Spirit is ruach, breath, same word. When God was creating the world, it says, and the breath hovered over the waters, or the spirit hovered over the waters. He created Adam, and he breathed into him, right? And Adam came to life because the spirit came inside of him. When Ezekiel was out looking at the valley of the dry bones, and God says, prophesy, son of man, and, and he prophesies, and the bones come together with like flesh, and it's all nasty, but now you got a bunch of guys lying on the ground who are dead. And God says, what's up? And he's like, they're dead. And God's like, I know. Now, prophesy to the four winds, son of man. Prophesy that the breath would come back and fill them again. And the breath, the spirit, comes back when he prophesies, and it fills them again. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. After he was raised from the dead, Jesus went to the disciples, and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Ever notice that one? Weird. Jesus was occasionally a weirdo charismatic. It does happen. He breathes on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is the breath of God. And the Spirit wants to breathe the life back into you again. When you look like this. It takes a minute. We want everything to be instantaneous, but usually it takes a little bit of work. All right. So now we're back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us up with your life, your breath, again. Now we're at peace, right? We're in equilibrium again. This is awesome. But guess what? Do the stressful situations of life stop coming because we did one thing right? No, they do not. Sometimes. He's doing the right thing. He's obeying the scripture. He's humbling himself before the Lord and yielding to the Holy Spirit. This is terrible news. We have to stop him from doing that. So sometimes he will bring extra stressful or worrisome situations to your life. Sometimes God will look at you and say, ah, look at that. That is so great. She's humbling herself. She's doing the right stuff. She's relying on my spirit. I'm going to let her graduate to the next level by sending her another test so that she can pass that test and graduate to a new level of peace and rest, which is a wonderful thing. But we are selfish. I was going to say buggers, but that's a bad word, but I just said it anyway. Um, we are selfish. We want nothing to do with pain. We want nothing to do with discomfort. We want nothing to do with anything that we don't like. We're like little children. I have little children in my house. And sometimes you're like, Go to your room. Okay? It's just they, they don't get it. They're infuriating. They're so selfish. And then I look at me, and I'm like, oh. Now I get why Jesus always calls us children of God. You, you are my little kids. It's because that's how I am. I don't want anything that causes me discomfort. I don't want anything that causes me pain. And so these situations come, and I say, oh, the Lord has abandoned me, or oh, the devil's trying to kill me, or whatever it is. Right? And God's like, it doesn't matter who brought it or where it came from. If you overcome, you get the victory and you get the rewards. Because when you kill an enemy, you get their stuff. That's how it works. When David killed Goliath, he got all his stuff. 
And that's awesome. And sometimes that's what God wants for us. Sometimes the victory that God wants to give us, the thing that we are seeking so desperately, sometimes lies on the other side of a battle. And the only way we can win it is to win it. Are you with me? We want everything to just drop in our lap. We want everything to get sent by Amazon Prime, and we never have to worry about anything, right? But that's not how God works. I love Amazon Prime. But that's not how God works. Sometimes we have to fight our way to victory. Israel wasn't given the promised land like, here you go, promised land. No, they had to fight every step of the way to get what God had for them. Hello? Now, that doesn't preach well these days because we don't like that. <laughs> we don't like that. This is not the sermon. Okay. Sorry. But that's good stuff. All right. We don't like that. We want things to come fast. So here we are, reinflated beach ball. Now, the pressures of life don't stop. They keep coming for whatever reason. What's going to happen? They're going to push. They're going to push again. They're going to push in on us. But we don't have to accept it. We can say no to that big old bag of worry or that big old bag of stress. We can instead say, I'm going to submit to the peace of Christ, and I'm going to walk in that. And the Holy Spirit will push out at the same time that thing is pushing in, okay, to maintain our equilibrium, to maintain our peace. So it pushes in. Okay. My face is all red now. That's what happens when we live in the peace of God. Because with us, we're an open system. This is always open. Humans are not a closed system. We're rivers, not lakes, of living water. Okay? We're an open system. This is always open, the valve. I closed it now because it makes a weird sound. But things are always pushing in on us. And we need to always be yielding to the Holy Spirit to let him fill us up from the inside out. That is how you live in peace. Does that make sense? Does the beach ball work? All right. So as we consciously turn to the Holy Spirit to be that equalizing pressure, we experience the peace of God. And when we experience the peace, it, it comes from the inside out because the Holy Spirit's in us always, right? No matter what. You don't have to beg him to come. He's always here. And we experience that peace from the inside out, and it moves its way from our spirit to our body and to our conscious mind. And once that peace of God reaches our conscious mind, our brain's not stressed anymore. Our brain stops releasing those nasty chemicals that ruin our bodies, and we stay alive longer. Fact. Peace is awesome. It feels great. <laughs> the peace of Christ feels so much better than stress, it's not even funny. For those of you who haven't tangibly experienced the peace of God on a regular basis enough to, uh, to know how great it feels, you got to do it. It's so good. It's so much better than being worried. You don't have acid reflux all the time, or you don't have sleepless nights, and you don't do all that stuff. Because you're like, ooh, Jesus loves me. Sometimes you have to spend time in prayer. The more stressful a situation, the more time you may have to spend in prayer, because it's about humility. It's not like, I'm the best guy at peace in the world, and I can take anything. It's about humility. Jesus gave us peace. It's his. But he gave it to us, so we can walk in it. And it's about humbling ourselves before the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit do that within us. So, why don't we try it right now? Everybody close your eyes. Yes, I'm making you do this. Everybody close your eyes. Think of a stressful situation in your life right now. Most of you have one. If not, I'm sure you had a recent one or are anticipating a future one. A lot of people get stressed out by future stressful situations that aren't actually real yet. That's silly. Think about a stressful situation in your life. Okay? 
Now, I am going to lead you in a prayer, and I just want you to agree in your heart with what I say, okay? This, is, this isn't a formula. This is just like, this is what, what I pray, okay? This is what I pray. This is what I prayed today <laughs> when I got that bad news. Lord, I got this thing. You know what it is. I don't like it. It's stressful. I'm really tempted to worry right now. But I am going to make a choice to say no to the stress, the worry, the fear that this situation is bringing. I'm going to say no to that. And I'm going to say yes to your peace. Lord Jesus, teach me how to walk in your peace. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for giving me peace. And I want to walk in it now. I want to experience it in a tangible and real way. So I thank you for it. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just breathe into me right now. That you would fill me up with your life and with your presence. Push back on this thing that is threatening to crush me from the outside. And take a few deep breaths. Just breathe in. Thank you for your peace. And usually I spend some time just thanking Jesus for his peace. I may have to say what I just said over again several times to convince myself that I'm saying no <laughs> to the worry. Okay, I'm not trying to convince God, please give me peace. I've already got it. But I might need to convince myself. And then I spend some time thanking God. And usually I spend some time in praise. not a formula, but that's the kind of thing I pray when I'm in a stressful situation. And here's what's awesome. Most of us are in the bad habit of automatically taking that bag of stress or worry or anxiety or whatever it is in any situation that comes our way. We don't even think about it. We just take it. So we need to break that bad habit. And it's hard to break a bad habit initially, but here's what's awesome. It only takes like three or four weeks, three or four weeks to break a bad habit and to build a good one. I'm going to do part two of this message in like four weeks. And if you practice this from now until then, you're going to be so much better at this than you are now. And I actually am planning on asking for a few of you to give me some testimony in a month on how things have changed from tonight to that night. Because things will change. Because eventually, the good habit starts to be that when something bad happens to you, you're automatically on your knees before the Lord in your heart and the presence of God starts filling you up. Isn't that a great reaction to something bad happening to you, <laughs> to a stressful situation coming? All of a sudden you're filled with the presence of God. It's awesome. It really is awesome. Jesus is adamant many, many times. He says, my peace I give you. Live in my peace. Be in my peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's in here over and over and over again. He's adamant because he knows that peace destroys us physically and mentally and spiritually. And he doesn't want that. He wants us to experience something much, much better. So that's my challenge for you for the next week or actually month. Just say no. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay? And remember, Jesus said, my peace I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it. Just don't let it. Uh, I'm going to pray over you now and then we can get into groups um, for a few minutes and pray for each other if you want that. Father God, I just pray your peace over everyone in this room. I pray that you would fill us up with your spirit 
fill us up with your presence and with your peace. We thank you, Jesus, that you have given us such an incredible gift. Lord, if we haven't been walking in this gift, then we're sorry. Because you gave us an awesome gift and we haven't even used it or maybe we haven't even opened it up, taken it out of the package. Lord, we want to know how to walk in this. We want to experience your peace and your rest in any situation in our lives. We want Psalm 23 to be true, where you say, where David says, you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surrounded by enemies, and I'm eating lunch with God. Chilling out. Lord, fill us with your peace. Fill us with your life. And I pray that this week, every time, a stressful or worrisome or anxiety-ridden or fearful situation comes our way. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would remind us to say no. Remind us to say no to the stress that situation brings and to say yes to the peace that you've given us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.